Here's everything you might have missed in the Sandman trailer. The Sandman trailer is here at last, folks. Released during Netflix's Geeked Week, which you can stream right here on Nerdist, the Sandman trailer delivers our best looks yet at these iconic characters. We're gonna break it all down for you in just a moment, but if you're worried about any sort of spoilers making you bolt upright in the middle of the night like Don't Wake Daddy, now's your chance to leave. Are you well? Okay, let's get into it, shall we? So for those who have been living under a rock, The Sandman is based on one of the most critically acclaimed comic books of all time. Written by Neil Gaiman and published by DC Comics' sadly now defunct Vertigo imprint, The Sandman ran for 75 issues between 1989 and 1996. The series follows Dream, also known as Morpheus, who as his name suggests, rules over all dreams. Dream is one of the Endless, a group of anthropomorphic metaphysical beings that also include death, desire, destiny, despair, delirium, and destruction. After being held prisoner for 70 years, Morpheus breaks free, finds his kingdom in disrepair, and must recover his stolen artifacts. The series incorporated everything from horror to fantasy to mythology to tell a series of surreal otherworldly tales. The trailer begins with Dream, played by Tom Sturridge, standing in the bone-strewn wasteland that used to be his realm, the aptly named Dreaming. He's wielding his objects of power, his helm crafted from the skull and spine of an ancient god, his sand pouch that can put people to sleep and release dreams into the real world, and the Dreamstone Ruby, which lets the user turn their dreams into reality by reshaping space and time itself. Dream is accompanied here by Matthew the Raven, who we also spot at the end of the trailer. Voiced by Pat Oswalt, Matthew is the deceased ex-husband of Abigail Arcane, who's been reincarnated as a talking messenger raven, serving now as one of Dream's most loyal companions. Dream explains that he's the king of dreams and ruler of the Nightmare Realm, but then we see his actual nightmare. The occultist Roderick Burgess, the Lord Magus of the Order of Ancient Mysteries and his followers, tried to summon death in an occult ritual, but they wound up trapping Dream instead in the waking world. In the comics, Dream is imprisoned for 72 years from 1916 till 1988. Here though, they're setting the adaptation in present day, so it'll be closer to 106 years in captivity instead, which is way too long. Now, straight out of the first issue of Sandman, we see an overhead shot of Dream surrounded by cultists. He's in his cloak, along with his three objects of power, the helmet, the bag of sand, and the ruby scattered all around him. Known as the Undercroft, this murder basement houses a large glass containment chamber straight out of the comics as well. This sequence is followed by Jenna Coleman as Joanna Constantine having a conversation with a woman named Hetty. This is particularly interesting because in the comics, Joanna Constantine was the ancestor of occult detective John Constantine. An occult adventurous in her own right, she lived from 1760 to 1859, which makes it surprising to see her here in modern day. This is a fun twist on the comics where John Constantine was the one who actually met Hetty back in Sandman number three. Hetty, also known as Mad Hetty in the comics, looks spot on, and there's a very good reason that she knows all about Dream and his many nicknames. In the comic, she's actually 247 years old, and she survived since 1741 by hiding her heart from death, whatever that means. As we mentioned, she crosses paths with John Constantine in the comics, but with that said, I think Joanna is clearly taking John's place in this story. And Joanna also clearly knows a thing or two about Dream herself based on that knowing look. In her first appearance in The Sandman 13, Joanna was actually an enemy of Morpheus, attacking him under the assumption that he was actually the devil. Then later in Sandman 29 and 1794, Dream promised Joanna a reward in exchange for her help. Centuries later, John Constantine would also help Dream recover his missing pouch of sand, which he apparently purchased at a garage sale in San Francisco. Maybe we'll see that event happen here? Probably not, but only time will tell. 
Now, this sequence is interspersed with Morpheus making his escape from the Undercroft. We see a security guard opening fire on Morpheus's chamber, ultimately shattering the glass. When Dream emerges, he blows some of his dream dust onto the guard and then ascends into the Dream Realm in a visual tableau that is straight out of the comics. This seems slightly different though than the way the Dream escapes captivity in the comics, where Roderick Burgess's son, Alexander, accidentally breaks the magical binding circle that kept him trapped in our plane. Another shot depicts a close-up of what appears to be Matthew the Raven's eye. In the reflection, we see a hand wearing a ring on the index finger, a window, and a lit match. It's unclear from this look who's actually wearing that ring and whose hand this is, but if you go all the way back to that first look at the Sandman that Netflix released, you can clearly see that Roderick Burgess, played by Charles Dance, is wearing that same ring. Next, we see Matthew flying through a forest towards a massive castle. This is the Dreaming Dreams realm as it once was in all of its glory. You can see the gatekeepers over the main entrance, statues of a wyvern, a griffin, and a hippogriff. In the comics, these creatures guard the gates to Dream's palace and basically act as a glorified doorbell. Now, the beautiful green sprawl next to the castle could be Fiddler's Green, a sentient part of the Dreaming, who later assumes the identity of Gilbert and walks about the waking world when Dream is imprisoned. In the show, Gilbert will be played by Stephen Fry. We also see the imposing gates of horn and ivory emblazoned with Dream's helmet and carvings of what could be other members of the Endless. In literature, dating all the way back to the Odyssey, this image is often used to distinguish true dreams from false dreams. Here, though, this gate feels like a way to separate Dream's proper realm from what lies beyond. However, the reality is much bleaker, as Lucien, the head library of the Dreaming, tells her master. The realm has begun to decay in his absence. We see that same glorious palace from before, now in utter ruin. Inside his throne room, Dream uses his sand, helmet, and presumably ruby as well to begin rebuilding his kingdom. At one point, we also see Dream using his sand to teleport himself from one place to another. In the waking world, we see a few of Dream's siblings, other members of the Endless. Kirby Howell Baptiste as Death walking through a field with their signature Ankh necklace, and Mason Alexander Park as Desire looking into a mirror. And if you look closely, Desire is wearing a hooked ring, and in the comics, this ring lets them communicate with their twin, Despair. In voiceover, Dream says even the nightmares no longer seem to recognize their master. And then we see David Thewlis's John D holding the Dreamstone Ruby in his hot little hand. Also known as Dr. Destiny, he was a former Arkham Asylum inmate that escaped when his mother, Ethel Cripps, gave him the Dreamstone. On the floor is the familiar welcome mat of a diner that first appeared in Sandman number 5. In number 6, D uses that ruby to distort reality for everyone inside the diner to deeply unsettling effect. And I do mean deeply unsettling. It is the thing that haunts me to this day about that comic. And last but not least, we see a nightmare that definitely no longer recognizes its master. That is the Corinthian, played by Boyd Holbrook. This terrifying nightmare is seen with blood trickling down his cheek, and without giving too much away, let's just say there's a lot more than meets the eye with this guy. In a biting statement, he remarks that Morpheus is out of his cage, but is he doing just fine? Nobody knows, but something tells me this is not a man who looks on the bright side. And considering the tease of the serial convention in a previous behind-the-scenes look at the show, maybe this is the same hotel room that we see in Sandman number 11. And if you know what that means, well, Godspeed. Anyway, folks, there you have it. That is everything we spotted in the Sandman trailer. The show debuts on Netflix on August 5th, and we'll keep you up to date as we learn more. In the meantime, though, tell us, what did you think of this trailer? Did you spot anything that we missed? This is Sandman. Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com.